You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. This is The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. We do have a winter advisory as well, active in quite a few areas. So uh, that season is starting in October. Does it feel like it happens in October often now? I remember at least a couple years ago where it snowed on Halloween. And for whatever reason, for a long time, my birthday is Halloween, by the way. Anyone out there listening that wants to send a gift to, I, actually, I can't ask you to do that. You can't do that. Don't do that. I think that's illegal. But, uh, yeah, uh, there, I, I would I would open it. I'll send it back to you, and thank you for being a kind listener. But I can't. Uh, anyway, it's my birthday and Halloween, and I don't remember for a long time there being snow, and now it feels like that's a thing that happens uh, often. Winter uh, weather advisory in effect from midnight tonight till 10 a.m. tomorrow. Snow expected. Total snow accumulation of 1 to 3 inches. Uh, impact, there could be. Slippery road conditions, hazardous conditions in the morning commute, uh, and that is active in a few different areas, uh, Woodford, Tazewell County, etc., uh, Peoria. Uh, yeah, so it's awesome. Way to kickstart it. Plus, the first topic I have to talk about on the Craig Collins Show today is also um, yeah, not an uplifting story, but firefighters are bracing for a critical 24-hour window in California. Uh, they are fighting the wildfires out there. The massive Kincaid fire, which has consumed about 75,000 acres uh, worth of land, which is roughly twice the size of San Francisco in a span of six days, uh, had a brief lull. But now with evening winds and things, it's expecting to roar back. And I can't imagine what it's like to try to fight a fire like this. And this seems to be a story that comes out every year now in California as well, um, that there's a wildfire and it's getting out of hand and firefighters are doing everything they can to contain it but essentially you just let it burn and hope that people aren't affected and obviously people flee the area in time um, hopefully to not be affected by it but I know that in a different market I was in that was here in the Midwest we used to joke that this is why you live in the Midwest and not in California because wildfires is not a problem we have here sure it's going to snow today but uh, that's not as bad as what's going on in California so that's just sad news, uh, continued fighting there. And, and again, I can't really envision what that would be like to be a first responder, a firefighter, going out there and being told, hey, you can't put this out. That's not the objective, but you can try to contain it, and hopefully it eventually you know, stops before it hits anything terribly important. That's what living in California feels like. Uh, the NCAA, this is a big deal, and we're going to have a guest on later in the show, Jordan Stone. He is a broadcaster with The Score in Chicago. He has a podcast called the first guest podcast that i think is on hiatus uh this year but he's a college nerd a a college sports nerd he's obsessed with basketball and football um i think he gambles on it quite a bit so he might have some some lines that he can suggest for you as well uh that's jordan's kind of thing but i wanted to ask him more about this story about the ncaa at least allowing athletes they're not going to get paid there's a big debate Uh, this is a debate you hear all the time do athletes deserve to get paid by the schools uh, because obviously people, high-profile athletes, would be capable of making money in the professional sports world, whatever it is that they're they're playing, football, basketball, if they decided to neglect college. Uh, certainly in football, you have to wait. There's rules that prevent it. The NBA did prevent it for a while, but they're now allowing high school athletes to jump again. Uh, so it is an interesting component to all this. And then, of course, within that debate, I think college athletes have to decide whether or not it's worth getting hurt uh, or risk getting hurt by playing in a, a for a college team in something like that as opposed to you know preserving themselves physically so they can make sure to make money. And a lot of kids that go pro don't always come from 
the richest of situations. So certainly that first paycheck becomes a very important one. Uh, but obviously that's a very small subset of college athletes that we're talking about with this. Uh, but it's interesting that the NCAA Board of Governors has taken the first step today to allow amateur athletes to at least cash in on their fame uh, by allowing them to benefit from use of their name, their image, their likeness. So these are these. It's if LeBron James decided to play in high in uh, college after high school, as opposed to going to the NBA, he was a big enough name at the time that he could have made money right away. And there's not a large number of people like that. But then there's athletes who get famous playing in their first year. Um, you know, Zion Williamson from just this past year who did actually almost hurt himself catastrophically in a basketball game last season would have been a heck of an example of why this sort of thing makes sense and why, you know, athletes would start shying away from college sports because, I don't know if you remember, but last year his sneaker blew up on a play. He was trying to cut, and he had a, I think it was, was it Nike or Adidas? I don't want to get it wrong. I think it was a Nike shoe, but it, his foot just sort of shot through it, and he, he was injured on the play. He wound up sitting out most of the season before coming back for March Madness, and it was it was surprising to see the way in which that happened and to think about the implications had he been more seriously injured because he was going to be a number one pick for sure and a very rich man at the end of his, his first and only season in college sports. So the NCAA has ruled on that, and it will be interesting to hear what Jordan says later on in the show. Also coming up in the show, we are going to talk to um, a Northwestern professor. Uh, his name is Dr. Ben Jones. He wrote a study with a couple colleagues up there in Chicago, uh, talking about or Evanston, talking about how early career setbacks actually benefit you. Anyone listening out there that's had an, uh, had a setback, especially if it's you know your younger guy, you just got out of college a few years ago and you lost a job you weren't expecting to lose. Dr. Ben is going to tell you why that's not such a bad thing. Why, in the long run, people who have those sort of roller coaster first few years wind up benefiting from it. And I'm sure it's the things you're expecting, the lessons learned from that, the motivation that goes into trying to find a new job early as opposed to maybe being in one place for a long time. Uh, but he'll shed more light on that uh, at five in the second hour of the show. All right, moving on. I wanted to mention this, and then i got to take a break. Are you a Black Friday shopper? Do people shop on Black Friday out there? Obviously they do, but I wonder if my listeners do. Um, my family likes to. A lot of my family members will go out. My wife loves to shop on Black Friday with her family in Chicago. There's quite a few people I know that love to do this. Surprising item that's said to be one of the biggest items of the retail season Toilet paper. That's right. For whatever reason, most places will be putting toilet paper on steep discount, and they're expecting to sell quite a lot of it. Um, a quote in the story says that last year they sold enough tennis biscuits. Uh, <laughs> is that a, I think that's a term for, yeah, toilet paper, uh, to make about 1.6 million um, lines of, it's, it's crazy, the amount of things that they've sold. So, that's a huge expected Black Friday item this year. Toilet paper, I, I can't believe it. I wonder if you're surprised. Got to take a break. More Craig Collins Show next. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit about how people actually have enough time to work out but choose to do something else instead. I'm Craig Collins. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Um, my wife actually tells me I say the C weird. Neil, do you think I say the C weird, WJB? I, it, she says I have a lot of inflection when I come up to that last letter. I feel like I do though too, but I don't think I don't think you do. Okay. Do you think it's a thing? Maybe we all WJBC. That's what she says every day when I go home. She says really? that for the entire meal. She's like WJBC, <laughs> WJBC, and she's I making fun of you or yeah, what? I know she's giving me a hard time. 
She's a tough program director. I, I, I do it a lot, too, I think. I, I put a lot. I don't know why, but I don't know. Okay, I blame you. No it's cuts. Neil's fault, Betty. Probably. Just so you know, Betty, that he trained me on this whole thing, and he demanded I yell C, or they start screaming at me and throwing things. Um, real quick, I'm curious, Neil, what do you do to start your day? Like, what's, Do you have a, a thing that you do every morning when you wake up that's your like go-to? It's normally roll well. Normally roll over, look at my phone to see if I've missed anything breaking, right. which is very unlikely because I'm not that important. <laughs> uh, but then it's normally get out of bed and go start the uh, coffee pot. I got to get the coffee going. You mean you roll out of bed and see if there's anything breaking in your life specifically, not in the world? Yeah. You well, know. no. I mean, I just I check my phone, see if I got have any messages, sure, maybe sure. that got sent overnight, emails I quickly, like and then. Get out of bed and go start the coffee. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, these are the top five things that people like to do when they get up. Uh, in reverse order, number five is meditate. 43% of people say the best way to start off your day is to immediately meditate. And that seems like an aggressive but interesting idea. I'm not sure that I'm in the mindset to do that, but I bet it benefits you. Just take like three minutes before you do anything and just sit there and kind of focus on yourself. That sounds kind of nice. Uh, number four, they like 48% of people to start their day off right, like to wake up early. So whatever's going on in the day, they like to give themselves a lot of time to get to that. That's not me. Uh, number three, smile and think something positive. These are really motivating things. Don't do any, don't look, don't read any news. Don't look for any information. Just smile. Think of something positive. Maybe say something to yourself in the mirror, like that old SNL clip, and then start the day. I think that would help me be a little happier. You think you could do that? I think it's something that I maybe could do. Yeah, what do you think you'd say to yourself when you woke up? See, I, I don't, I don't know if it'd be very positive. See, I you got to be. See, I knew yeah. it. It's got to be positive. I'm awesome. Sure. Let's start let's, today. Let's start. Let, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> maybe the, if I if I try that, that will be the first thing I say. I'm right. awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. That's yeah. not that hard. <laughs> uh, number two, exercise. Which, uh, by the way, I've been doing that the last two days. I, I joined the YMCA. We have a a partnership or something so we get to to join the ymca because we work here which is kind of cool um and in doing that uh i've gone swimming both mornings yesterday nice. and today yeah my wife and i went over to the ymca at like six o'clock seven o'clock in the morning a little bit after it opens there's a couple classes going on so there's only a a couple lanes available for swimming but we've done it and it's been kind of cool it's been a really positive way to kick the day off i don't know if you call that exercise because i'm not like working really hard it's exercise. Okay. It's I'm in getting the, up and moving and right. being active. I do a couple of the like the ones that you see on TV, the the free whatever it is. Sure. Um, and then I go to just uh, frog. And then I swim frog the whole rest of the day. So, again, I'm leisurely swimming in a pool at 7 a.m. So, but, yeah, it's been nice. And if I'm going to do some type of exercise or workout, I I much rather prefer do it right in the morning get because i just once your day goes and you know most likely working or whatever it's like once you're done with that it's like i have no yeah. no mo i just want to relax go home make some dinner whatever absolutely right yeah as soon yeah. as you get done with your day the last thing you want to do is go try really hard at the gym but so some people i don't know some people like that some people like to get their workout in late and not I don't know. Not, I, not me. I would much rather do it in the morning. I've done it that way. You do have to like motivate yourself. You have to bring yourself back up to a place where you want to go hit the gym. I was a Planet Fitness guy for a long time yeah. in this YMCA thing. It's I forgot how many how many things a gym could have. Yeah, that's at true. Planet Fitness, it's just machines, and then there's like a shower, and there's no <laughs> there's no nice additional benefits. There's no basketball court. There's no pool. There they don't have like soap. You got to bring your own soap and shampoo. 
And the YMCA, uh, they're great. Oh, by the way, number one on this list of top things to do to start the day off right is the least surprising thing. 50% of people do it. Drink coffee. Just have coffee, mm-hmm. and your day is going to be way better. Are you an everyday coffee guy? I'm an everyday coffee guy, okay. yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good job. That sounds <laughs> nice. You're starting your day off just, just getting ready for more Craig Collins Show. Let's see what the music is here. See how smooth I did that? I didn't. I don't even know where my music was. Grab the button and it seemed to work. I got Jordan Stone on the phone. That is Money by Pink Floyd, Jordan, because NCAA players are going to start getting paid, at least kind of, right? Yeah, big news today, all over the news today, that the uh, Board of Governors uh, of the NCAA, along with a blue ribbon panel consisting of athletic directors, presidents, finally did what we knew was coming, uh, which is uh, student-athletes will now be paid for their likeness uh, and image. In other words, in video games and in jerseys being sold at the bookstore. uh, So, you know, so they have uh, agreed that... uh, that compensation will be uh, is a done deal now. As a so, huge, uh, as a huge uh, college sports fan, especially basketball and football, I wonder: Do you think that Zion Williamson and his scare, his freak, you know, shoe explosion injury last year, uh, is part of the reason that this could get pushed through uh, this year, a year later? No, I think it dates way back before that, Craig. It dates back to, uh, I don't know if you remember, but Ed O'Bannon, who was a very key player on the UCLA championship of 1995, he's been suing the NCAA for 20-some years. <laughs> I mean, this is nothing new at all. Right. This, you know, you know uh, for instance, just to give you an idea, you know, uh, the 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 video game, the EA Sports video game, which used to be NCAA, would come out every year, football. They stopped being able to make that game many years ago because of the likeness, and, and they were getting sued, and, and the player and the, and the student-athletes felt they should get paid. So this, this debate's been going on forever, and of course... Oh. The debate overall of, you know, should student-athletes be paid because, you know, of, of the money that the school generates off of them. I mean, there's so many components sure. to this. The only thing that was agreed upon today, Craig, is that the likeness and images of these players, in other words, a video game that uses their likeness or, or, or their jerseys being sold in the bookstore, that they will be compensated. There was no discussion of what that would be capped at. <laughs> I assume there's going to be a cap on that. Can you imagine? Like, let's take Zion, which is a great example. I mean, Zion... Had to have sold a ton of jerseys last year. Would Zion be paid, you know, six figures or whatever? Would another guy will get, you know, nothing? I, I well, assume there has to be a cap on this. Yeah, that's interesting. My interpretation of it so far, and I'm certainly no legal expert, but was, it's that each player would be at their own, you know, ability to go out into the world and and make money off of their their marketability. I guess is the way I would say it. So yeah. that that's a great point. You're right. That's that's what it did say that they could hire agents and they can do that, but. How how big a problem is that going to do? I mean, for instance, yeah. what could Zion Williamson have generated last year at Duke for his image? And I mean, I, I think that's a real slippery slope. Uh, that that worries me. I mean, the NCAA also announced today that players, you know, they still can't pay a player to come to school to play. Correct. Um, you know, the only compensation they're saying is 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 the likeness and the image. But boy, oh boy, it's uh, well, what's, it's going to be very interesting when the fine print gets done here on exactly what 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 can be done. Exactly, it's interesting because a lot of people did push for colleges to be capable of paying players, but then that argument becomes: Can you pay one guy more than another guy? Do you have to pay, you know, for all different sports, even ones that aren't really bringing a lot of revenue and money back to the school? Would every college athlete need to be paid, or could you just pay specific football players, specific basketball players, well beyond yeah. 
that scholarship that, kind of thing, and that's not what and this who's, is about. And who's doing the paying, Craig? Is that Nike paying them? Is that an agent that's going out? Is it, I mean, part of the problem with college sports forever and big-time football and basketball has been street agents that are out there, you know, in the AAUs and are getting paid on the side, and the shoe companies are paying them. I mean, now where does this money flow from, and where does it go to? And I, I mean, listen, the NCAA had their hands tied once California passed that play-to-pay law yeah. a couple months ago, and all these other states now are looking into passing their own laws. I mean, this was this was going to happen, and, and the NCAA is lucky this didn't happen a long time ago. But boy, <laughs> I, it, it's still wow. that, you know it, uh, that it's, goes it's, back. It's, it's a slippery slope. I yeah, think that goes back to the question I had, Jordan, uh, and the reason. What I meant was uh, the reason that it finally the decision was made. I know this debate has existed for quite a long time, but when Zion is injured and he's so marketable and so clearly a number one pick. And then these upstarts are happening, like, and it's not uh, a successful upstart, but LeVar Ball tried to make a junior professional league, and the NBA actually is investing in their own junior professional league that players can go right from high school into and make sure. money off of. I wonder if the NCA, outside of what was going on in California, was also weary of that concept cropping up more and more and more. Well, a couple notes on that. One, it's, it, it is going to happen. It's going to take place in a couple of years where, High school basketball players will be allowed to go pro immediately. Yeah. That that there's going to be it's it looks like it's almost going to be a done deal where you're going to have to stay in college basketball for two years. You're going to have to make a two year commitment if you're going to play college basketball. Otherwise, you'll be able to go hardship and go right to the pros. I, I think that's that's going to happen. Um, the, you know, the reason it doesn't happen anymore now is because the NBA didn't want guys sitting on the bench, you know, paying two three million dollars a year, basically harvesting, you know. 18-year-olds that weren't playing for a couple of years. Sure. But I think that's been solved. As far as Zion's injury last year, keep this in mind. I know maybe it's it, it's very selected to the best players in college basketball, and I'm sure it's, it relates to college football, too, that they all have huge insurance. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Zion, God forbid, had a had a catastrophic injury where, you know, he wasn't able to play anymore. He would have cashed a huge insurance policy with Lloyds of London and stuff like that. But these are all intertwined. I mean, you know, for me, as a huge fan of college basketball and college football, I want the best players to play college basketball and college football. And, um, you know, if this, if this makes guys want to go to play college basketball, I think it's a good thing. But it just, you know, it's the age-old thing. Do you want to pay guys? I mean, it, it, Craig, right. do you consider this paying guys to play college sports? No, or do I, you think this could be kept separate? It's just, I, 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 I just yeah. feel like. I, I don't. And actually what I like about this is that power schools won't necessarily have the abilities that, that smaller schools, like have better abilities than smaller schools. If you can make money off of your image, your likeness out in the world, you can probably do it from a lot of different locations. You don't have to go to a Duke to do it, per se. So it is interesting to see how that, because that's another big component in all this. If you start paying players, there are schools that are capable of paying them a lot more than than some smaller schools, and we don't want to lose that competitive edge of having a Cinderella team in March Madness or something being able to go on a run because they have good players. All the good players might go to these big schools. Uh, before I let you go, two quick things, Jordan. Uh, one, sure. your old producer, Betty, my wife, of your podcast wanted me to say hi, so that is a hi oh, from my wife to you. Yeah. My, my, my dear friend, say hi to Betty for yep. me. I miss her. Yeah, she misses producing your show. Uh, I know the I miss her. first guest show, the first guest podcast is on hiatus right now. Uh, but my second question for you, just go ahead and give us a couple picks. You love to first guess some picks. Do you have any? I do. Oh, here, college football right now. Or you can get to the NFL, right whatever you got. 
Well, it's college football. It's definitely on my mind. And what I will say to you is, in a, in, a, in a few weeks, I don't have the exact date in front of me, I expect Penn State to get by Minnesota. It's going to be a very tough test in Minneapolis. It's going to be a very good game. I think Penn State will get by. And then I think the biggest game, obviously, in the Big Ten this year will be Penn State at Ohio State, which I expect two unbeatens. And I'm telling you right now, Craig, you know where I'm going with this. Penn yeah. State's going to take care of business. I think Penn State's the best team in the Big Ten. And, uh, by the way, I think Ohio State will lose to Penn State and Michigan. Fair enough. I think Ohio State will lose twice. Uh, that's what's on my mind. And then Alabama, LSU, yeah, a week from Saturday, uh, I'm always with the Tide. You know that, too. I'm, I'm just I think glad, Alabama will get it done. I'm just glad that I booked you after the, the thrashing Notre Dame took, so I didn't have to tell you that I thought they were going to win that game and have you tell me I was an idiot and then have it go no. the way it did. Yeah, I did like Michigan last Saturday. I'm but sure you did. Me, I had plenty of losses too, my friend. Uh-huh. No, they're, they're, they're not all wins. I wish they were. I just, I just pray some year that Notre Dame doesn't have to get destroyed by a team. Could they go a season where maybe they don't, they don't win a championship, but at least like they're competitive in every game they play and maybe play in a valuable bowl game? That would be cool. Well, I mean, the win against the, that part, I mean, the loss against Georgia was a tight game. Yeah, I mean, it was. they were in that game. Right. So I mean, it really, it really comes down to. You know, they really had to win two games this year because the rest of the schedule, as you know better than I do, is it's very, terrible. very mediocre. I'm aware. The, the schedule. There's no way they should lose the last five games I between, know. you know, Duke, Stanford, Navy, yeah. uh, you know, a bad Stanford team this year. But, yeah, I mean, that was a really big – it turns out that game in Ann Arbor last Saturday night in the rain, if they win that game, they'll probably have a really good chance oh, to be in the playoffs. I don't know about that. I mean, Michigan well, – you know what? I have to let you go. I got I'm just so... saying a one-loss Notre Dame right. team would have been a very – would have been in the picture, would well, have been in the conversation. And people would have been upset by it because they would have said Notre Dame overrated yet again and then they would have been thrashed by someone probably in the college football playoff and I would have been a sad Notre Dame fan all over again like last year but I gotta let you go as you know against the break watch out for Urban Meyer going to Notre Dame that would be amazing I'm I'm stoked at that idea yeah I've heard Uh, what about Tom Brady going to the Bears quick thought (laughs) okay right a laugh is enough Jordan I'll talk to you later buddy I gotta take a break see you buddy thanks for having me sure no problem You're listening to The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. We don't have wildfires, though. We don't have stuff like that. We just have snow in October. That's it. That's the only thing. And then I'm, sh- I'm sure, you know, a week after that, it'll be amazing because that's, that's how weather works here. Uh, real quick, I wanted to tell you guys once again the word of the day, or uh, the word of the 4 o'clock hour, I should say, because we give four of these out a day. You could win $1,000. Text the national keyword NOW, N-O-W, to 95819. That's now to 95819. We'll text you back to confirm your entry. Data and message rates may apply. It's 4K a day with AM 1230 WJBC. I have a ridiculous story in front of me, and I'm not going to get to it now. I'm going to get to it after the break. And actually, we have a guest coming up, too. So you'll hear this in a while. I don't want to do it now, though. But a restaurant um, had to fine. A restaurant was fined by an organization because of a, a crazy decision they made about how they how their menus worked. And then actually there is a blogger out of Australia who has a, a life hack for how to avoid baggage fees that I, I don't know if you'll be comfortable with. But both of those stories are coming up in a little bit on the Craig Collins Show. Right now I'd like to talk about Alex Bregman and his unwashed shirt. Uh, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but he was asked about it. Um, he, the World Series Game 6 is tonight. Alex has been wearing the same shirt to every single game that they have won, the Astros have won. Uh, he's a very good baseball player for the Astros. He was asked this after Game 5 the other night, whether or not he'd continue to wear the shirt. And let's hear what Frank Thomas and him said. What about you guys? You know, it was an IG post out there today that you wore the same shirt three straight days in the ballpark. 
Now we got a day off tomorrow. You know, you're 3-0 with that shirt. Is there a chance we might see that shirt on Tuesday night? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll, probably, you'll probably be seeing that shirt. <laughs> So I'm curious. I want to. I want to. That's what I'm looking for tonight. I don't care who wins the game. I just want to know if Alex is wearing the shirt. Uh, we talked about it the other day. He's not playing any sort of sports in it. It's his shirt. He walks into the stadium wearing. Now back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I'm going to figure out how to get that close to me. That's going to be very important. My next guest has uh, done a research study on. A very interesting topic, actually. Uh, he is one of three people that contributed to a, a paper that discusses how early career failures may actually motivate people a little bit more and create more successful uh, people. It was specific to uh, scientists looking for a grant, and he's going to do a much better job at explaining it than I can do. Uh, Dr. Benjamin F. Jones is with us from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern. Uh, Dr. Jones, welcome to the Craig Collins Show. Uh, great, great to be with you. Thank you. And if you don't mind, can you give me your title real quick? Because I know there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, sure. I'm the Gund Family Professor of Entrepreneurship at the Kellogg School of Management. Okay. So uh, in reading this study and seeing it, it get covered a lot of places uh, yesterday. When did you guys publish this, by the way? Was that just a couple days ago, or did it just get picked up? Uh, just earlier this month, we published it. Yeah, and it's gotten gotten a surprising amount of coverage. We're pleased to see that. Well, I mean, the the headline that early career failures may actually create a longer, uh, a stronger run of success. That alone is is universally uh, appealing. So, what did the study cover, and how did you guys come to that conclusion? So, we're very interested in understanding careers and scientific careers in particular. Um, and of course, you know, everyone thinks that. You know, if you're going to win or you're going to lose, you'd, you'd rather win. It seems like it's good for you. Uh, there's a long, long literature showing that people who win early in life kind of have advantages, right? You know, success begets success. The rich get richer, the poor get poor, those kinds of ideas. But what's fascinating about this setting is that we actually looked at those who lost, uh, who narrowly lost. They almost won, but they just lost. And it turns out the people who just lose actually do better in the long run than the people who won. Yeah, I think what's most fascinating about uh, the focus that you guys took for this is is you you honed in on people who, who almost made it. These are people who would probably be most upset, uh, I would think, about about missing out on something because they probably believed they had a pretty good chance at it. So these are people who, who suffered a, a early career disappointment and then, for whatever reason, turned that into something much better. Absolutely. Although on the other side, you know, we see among these people, although they were so close and they just missed, they do, you know, with a higher tendency, quit. They give up. So, you know, part of it is that it really there's two effects going on here. If you just miss, you're actually much more likely to give up. And, and in this case, give up on a scientific career that you've put a lot of time into, into getting yourself in position for. Uh, but then if you, if you persevere, those who persevere, which is most people, even if you just lost, then you, then you see a, a performance boost. Uh, over the long run. Wow. And so uh, you also obviously looked at people who just barely made it. These are people who might have even been surprised that they were uh, given a grant or or they knew they probably were on that threshold where they could go either way. And in, in those people, the exact opposite happened. Is that correct? Well, in a sense, we can only compare the two groups. But what we're saying basically is that those who are the near misses, those who, they actually uh, do better than the ones who are the near wins. You didn't um, see any? And, you know, well, go ahead. 
Oh, just you know, why you, why one interpretation of the study, of course, is that we should persevere, and you know, you think really good things might happen. Yeah, it's also a bit of a warning for those who won. I think going the direction you were going there, Craig, that you know, those who do win, it's sort of like they just barely won, and the ones who just lost are kind of nipping at their heels, and actually will tend to overtake them. Were there any other things that you thought could have caused? Uh, this this sort of disparity that you were seeing, other than people just persevering, were there any other um, outside factors or other other things you took into account when fact when trying to figure out what the exact uh, uh, study was telling you? So this, the design of the study allowed us to deal with all sorts of uh, other things, observable or unobservable. So we feel quite confident that these two groups of people are kind of otherwise extremely similar, except for this event of the near win. Or the narrow, uh, the narrow loss. Got it. Uh, the, so, go ahead. But the, the, tar- the harder question is exactly what's happening inside them that that provokes this performance boost. And I think you know, thinking about a a lesson that you've learned from failure, a greater greater perseverance, uh, seems like a good story. But we can't really carefully say exactly what's going on psychologically that gives the advantage. You know, it's interesting. I, I wonder uh, about this too, because uh, you say it, it creates a better story. Do you think that people in someone's life? who nearly miss um, but wind up sticking with something, do you think people are encouraging and motivating around that person to help them uh, achieve the things that they achieve, or is that something that's obviously too hard to incorporate into the study? I just wonder what your opinion is on it. Well, it's not in the study, but I, I, I agree with the spirit of that question. I spend a lot of time with entrepreneurs, and you know, as any entrepreneur will tell you, even when it goes well in the end, not every day is a good day. Right. A series of series of difficult days. And entrepreneurs who I consider very gritty uh, often tell me about how important uh, family and other friendship relationships are in sort of encouraging them, encouraging them and supporting them uh, on the on the tough tough days. Well, yeah, because I, honestly, that sort of is what opened my my eyes to to you saying that some people do give up. I wonder if support was a huge factor in the people who wound up walking away and the people who persevered through a narrow miss to wind up succeeding as much as they did. Um, I, I wonder if there's some way we can figure that out in the future. I don't know if there's a good study. Maybe interview a bunch of the family members around these people to see how they responded to that. But that's probably not scientific, is it? I don't know. I think we could co-author. It's a good idea. There you go. Okay, cool. I mean, that would be amazing if I can co-author a paper with you. are a Rhodes Scholar, and I'm just an idiot radio person, but I'll put my name on any pe- paper you put your name on. That sounds great. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, uh, Dr. Benjamin F. Jones, and telling us a little bit more about that study, because it is all over the place right now, and it is a, a motivational thing around this time of the year. It's, it's good to remember that even if you might struggle, there's certainly no reason for that to continue, and you can turn it around. You're listening to The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. This half hour of The Craig Collins Show is sponsored by Exxon and Mobil. Exxon and Mobil's new Synergy Supreme Plus Premium Gasoline, their best fuel ever, uh, keeps your engine two times cleaner for better gas mileage. It's supreme, it's premium, it's supremium. Fill up today or go to exxon.com for more details. Moving right along, there's quite a bit more to get to on The Craig Collins Show, but I have to talk about this because I thought it was an interesting Life hack. I'm not sure that it's a life hack we can all use, though. It's a life hack that only half of us can use. A blogger out of Australia uh, hides things in her her shirt in order to get on flights uh, without paying baggage fees. She essentially pretends, according to her, that she's pregnant. So she puts enough things, shirts and other clothing, stuffed into her stomach. I don't know why she would have to claim that she's pregnant as opposed to just admitting that there's a bunch of stuff 
under her shirt that she doesn't want to pay for, but she says it saves her about 60 bucks every time she flies. Uh, she says this, I have a small frame and decided pretending to be pregnant was the most believable route for this successful hack. I didn't need to or want to explain, and this is me paraphrasing her, uh, to people that, you know, I just don't want to pay the fee and I'm stuffing a bunch of stuff in my shirt. So instead, I, I take the whole flight pretending to be um, pregnant. She said, was I embarrassed? Not at all. Uh, I felt like a badass. I felt like a hot, pregnant woman. That, that is according to Rebecca Andrews, who is a blogger out of Australia that has given us a life hack that uh, my newsman and I cannot use. Neither one of us can take this up at all, um, unless we try to do that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, right? He got pregnant in a movie, I think. Uh, but he's the only one that pulled it off. We can't do that. Do you think you could pull this off, Neil? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Not thought, at all. thought about it for a second. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, no. Well, at least you debated it. I, I don't know why she didn't want to just say that, like, she, because you, you could wear, like, 20 outfits and then just ride a plane like that, same effect. So why not just be up front that I'm not pregnant, but I don't want to pay. I'm just putting a bunch of stuff on my person. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess you you could go about it like that, but I'm, I'm sure they would find a way to tell you that, that you can't do that. I don't know. Well, and she doesn't, like, un, she doesn't, like, empty the things once she gets through uh, security. Right. She stays pregnant for the entire flight. The, imagine the amount of conversations she has to have completely disingenuously every time she flies. Oh, when are you expecting? Oh, you know, how far along are you? She Every time, just to save 60 bucks. Is it but, really that worth it, though? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think know. it is. But maybe I'll try it and see what people say to me. It can't be that weird, right? This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Uh, I never thought that I'd have audio of myself yelling, I'm pregnant. Neil, I don't, I don't think I expected that to happen on this show at any point. But I have audio of myself just yelling it. I don't know how, wait, hold on. I don't know how often that's going to be used against me. But this is, uh, I just, why did I scream this out again? Do you have any idea? Well, now we have it. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm pregnant. That's a thing. I just have it sitting here. I'm pregnant. As many times as I want to play that. Don't leave that around because I know if you listen when Mark Strauss does I do. Dead yes. or Alive, he'll find a way to incorporate that. I'm very aware. He mm -hmm. uses Howard quite well in that in that Dead or Alive segment. And now we have... I'm pregnant. Just, I don't know why that happened. I never expected to have a clip of that exist in the world. And I don't even want to explain it. By the way, this half hour of the Craig Collins Show is sponsored by Indeed. I wish it were like a, a maternity ward, uh, but it's Indeed.com. Indeed used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. Uh, the Craig Collins Show. I'm pregnant. That's a thing. I'm, I really, really am not. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> anyway, uh, a restaurant got fined $62,000. This is in Peru. It's a well-known, famed restaurant there. And the reason why is kind of interesting. Uh, I guess when people went in, if it were a man and a woman together, they would hand the men a blue menu, and they'd hand the women a gold menu. The blue menu had all the items and all the prices. The gold menu just had items with no prices listed. They didn't ask if... The people were on a date. They didn't offer to, to do this special if one of the two people, the man or the woman, wanted to pay and didn't want their guests to know what the price was. And so they were fined $62,000 for this practice. They did defend themselves by saying that they wanted to create a romantic night out where, having, where you won't have to worry about costs. Uh, but authorities seem to disagree and think that it's discrimination, which it is. Of course it is. You can't hand, hand one kind of menu to to men and another kind of to women and think this is okay 
But I do get what they're trying to do. If you take the lady out for a date, Neil, do you uh, do you cover the costs? Yeah, I mean, we nor- we normally are pretty f- because she's a good, very good person. So mm-hmm. I try to pay for things, and then she will freak out and wants to get them. So I say, got it. I mean, we will take turns. But, but if, I mean, normally, if, hold too, on, I if mean, it's a special outing, oh, like say yes, it's someone's I'm, birthday or something, right. and one wants to treat the other person, and you offer like before, I'm not saying that like you do it every single time, but if it's if it's special, right. one of you likes to treat the other, right? Oh, of course. Okay, yes. I do that too. Of course, my wife does that too. In those situations where maybe I could call ahead to a restaurant and ask for a menu like this, where where my guest is getting one, or I'm sure my wife would want to do it with my birthday coming up, I do think this in concept is a cool idea. I just think the fact that they were proactive and and specific about how they did it was the only mistake here because my wife very often when we go out for like a date night will shy away from the things she most wants if it's way more expensive than other items she'll buy the the cheaper stuff just to save me money and that's the word like i don't want in those moments this is special i'm treating you let me buy you the thing you really want oh i totally agree yeah so i i wish that restaurants could do this i just don't think that it <laughs> it makes sense the way they did but it you know nice try Nice try, and they're an upscale, fancy restaurant, well-known restaurant in Peru, so I'm sure the items are not uh, cheap. So, again, it's one of those things where, and even when you splurge for, like, a bottle of wine, have you ever bought a bottle of wine at a, at a restaurant? I have, yeah. Those are not cheap. No. They are never cheap. And then you go to the store, and you see the bottle you <laughs> bought, and you were told how great it was, right. and you see that it's, like, 12 bucks. That's yeah. always, That hurts a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you can't take it with you either, by the way. Can you pack that up to go? I don't think you can. You know, I, there's actually, I don't want to get off topic but there's a restaurant that does that i don't know where they recork though. it maybe it's in florida they, I'm not... well so there there's a legal thing but you have to like viciously recork yeah. it it's got to be like totally resealed right. you can't just shove it in by hand uh but if they can recork then you're right yeah some places can do that uh a futurist has created a really creepy life-size doll that's a heck of a headline uh the doll has a craned neck to show what an office worker could look like in 20 years i'll go ahead and post this on the Craig Collins show on Facebook. But her neck, uh, this doll, is so far forward, it looks as though she's she's leaning in and, like, looking in uh, as if, you know, you're trying to duck under something to see, see far away. Uh, and this uh, futurist seems to believe that in the next 20 years, because of the way we sit at computers, the way we hunch ourselves all the time, this is what a person could look like. There's not a lot of medical science to back this up, but you got to see this photo because... Uh, yeah, Emma is the name of the doll, and it is it is creepy. I, I do wonder or worry sometimes what this will do, that we all just sit around on, at desks now, and as technology gets better, and we do less and less physical things, that every job is just like a desk job hitting numbers and, and buttons. Uh, so if you want to see what one person thinks we're all going to become, it's, uh, it's that photo. It's up on at Craig Collins Show. Are you worried about that at all? Uh, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and I'm... I'm kind of nervous to even want to look at this. No, you know, you don't want to see it. You know, well, no, go go to the Craig Collins yeah. show and uh, check it out. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, um, but yeah, I, I, to me, it's it's interesting the way that maybe as technology advances, our jobs will all be. Maybe we should get treadmills in studio. Would you be okay with that? Oh, I'd be in. Yeah, treadmill desk day. Sure. At WJBC, you think everyone else is going to love it? Uh, I'm sure there'd be some people okay. that would not. There'd yeah. be some. There'd be some antis in the group. Yeah, that's maybe. fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. We'll make it optional. We won't be like a Peru restaurant and make everyone do it one way. We'll have an optional treadmill and really tired hosts. I I would love to be out of breath halfway through this segment. Um, Real quick, one last one, and then i got to take a break. A man wanted to break a record, 
He thought he could break a record, so he saw it. This is a guy from Arizona. He spent three years building a penny pyramid. He had 1,030,315 pennies before his pyramid was demolished. He brought it to a credit union, which had to be the best exchange in the history of credit union exchanges. Hi, my name's Corey. I have one point you know zero three million pennies for you guys can you deposit this into my account but he he broke a record he's very excited to have done it uh the last record was a little under a million dollars from someone in lithuania he has or did have one million thirty thousand three hundred and fifteen pennies and he turned them in to his local bank i'm sure they have a photo of him up now at the bank like don't let this guy in a b c d e f g don't worry, no, this is WJBC and the Craig Collins Show, but what you're about to hear is a weird change, a weird altered uh, alphabet song. You've heard ABCD, now hear the rest. H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P-Q. That is making a lot of people very, very mad right now on the Internet. Uh, for whatever reason, a company decided to redo the alphabet song and throw that long pause in there between L-M-N-O-P so that you hear all the letters. This is for kids so that when they sing the alphabet song, maybe they stop doing it in that blended way where maybe they're missing something or mumbling it or who knows what happened. And instead, you, you pause abruptly. Can uh, could everyone handle hearing this again? Neil, can you handle hearing that again, or are you, are you already triggered? Uh, triggered. Okay, you're triggered. Mm-hmm. All right, well, here, let's hear it. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Totally normal. Everything's fine. I'm not triggered. Neil seems like he's calmed down a little bit. Let's see what happens. H, I, J, K, L, M, N. Oh, no, Neil's real triggered. He got mad. He's throwing I things. I don't, Neil's... I don't get it. I well, just, it's to because LMNOP is sometimes you say them too quick. I, I and, mean, I, I understand <laughs> that, but it's just, I mean, the, they've got a pretty good pace yeah. throughout most of it, but then I just, those pauses are so. K-L-M-N-O-P. Just so unnecessary, the pause. Could you picture a bunch of kids in school singing it like that and no. wondering if whether or not these kids are, are you know, getting everything correctly? LMN. Oh, P- yeah. I, I think that I just feel like that's more confusing, to be honest. It could be. Uh, People are triggered. Neil's triggered. My newsman's triggered. I got to give him time. People hate pumpkin spice lattes. People hate it. They hate the pumpkin spice latte. That leads me to the Craig Collins show question of the day. We ask this. We ask you to text us your answer. And I want to know what is your least favorite, not your most favorite. What is your least favorite hol- holiday specific item? It can be a candy cane. It can be candy corn for this time of year. People really don't like candy candy corn. But 21% of people hate the pumpkin spice latte and the fact that it's an option out there in the world. I don't know why. 15% of pumpkins grown in the country are used to make pumpkin spice products, which is, I, I thought it would be higher, but that's uh, that's a lot of pumpkins that are going into pumpkin spice. And everything now is pumpkin spiced. You can get anything, I think, uh, you know, Anything. You can get cookies that are pumpkin spice, whatever you want, but 21% of people really, really hate it. Neil, what is your least favorite holiday item? Uh, you know, I'm really not a fan of the pumpkin spice, okay. to be honest. You're in the 21% uh, there. Yeah. All right. I, I don't I don't enjoy it that much. That's your least, out of anything, any holiday season, not just Halloween, anything, that is the, the number one thing that you would write, like to have people stop having during the holidays. 
yeah, I just I don't I don't enjoy it personally. I sure. mean, everybody loves it. I mean, you go to Starbucks, they get do. your pumpkin spice. It's or, everywhere. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there's some type of Halloween candies now mm-hmm. that are like pumpkin spice flavored. I mean, it's like a phenomenon. We did know. this uh, thing on another show uh, I was on before, where you get to be king for a day. Every single person gets king for a day. Anything you want, any rules can go into effect for that one day. It sounds like if King Neil got his day, one of the rules would be no pumpkin spice items for my day. Is yeah, that true? That, that would be fine. There you go. I, I would be okay with that. Okay. Text us 51879. Tell us what your least favorite holiday item is because I'm curious to hear. And maybe also tell me one thing you'd change if you got to be king for a day. What's your? And remember, it's only one day. So if you want to change something significant, the guy who gets to be king for a day the day after you might switch it back. So that might not work out as well as you want. Uh, but Neil hates pumpkin spice. He would outlaw it and probably send people to jail who were drinking or consuming anything pumpkin spice. I think that's exactly what you said. Well, I'm you, saying it correctly. Right? The crazy thing, I went, I was home a couple of weeks ago visiting my parents, uh-huh. and you know, I drink coffee every morning. And my mom goes, "Oh, I got you this pumpkin spice creamer." I normally put a little cream or milk in my coffee, and I, I don't drink it just straight black. But I said, "No." I said, "When have I ever liked pumpkin <laughs> spice?" She goes, "I thought you loved it." I said, "I no. love." That happens to me and my brother every year. My mom is convinced that he liked Butterfingers as a kid, and I didn't. But it's the exact reverse. Yeah. So every Halloween, she gets him a big bag of Butterfinger, gives it to my brother, and she goes, didn't you love these as a kid? And he goes, no, I hate Butterfinger. And I hate Craig for liking them at one point, which I also currently like. I'm not a huge Butterfinger fan anymore. It's kind of weird what goes viral, right? Uh, you could see something that seems really interesting, and it doesn't go viral, and then something that seems really stupid. And for whatever reason, people all over the world... Uh, digest it and share it, and it, it becomes a huge thing. Uh, there is a story from last week, uh, and this audio is just uh, finding me today, and I do find it funny, so I don't know if that's, I, I don't know what that says about me, but I, I do. I find this audio funny. Um, a, a couple was talking to their two-year-old son after uh, their two-year-old son, Matt, had gone to the restroom, and he, was, he started doing a funny voice. And I guess the reason why is because his dad thought that he had done something in the bathroom and he had actually done something else, and I don't know if anyone's already seen this or, or heard this, but it is pretty silly. And it, it sounds like maybe it was like his first time going to the restroom and he was celebrating. I don't know. But I guess uh, the actual story is he was just doing a silly voice for whatever reason. And this might be the creepiest thing to think about. His parents had their phones readily available within seconds of him doing a silly voice after he uh, he goes to the bathroom, but, you know, this is a two-year-old named Matt. This went viral last week, shared all over the place, uh, and he's doing a silly voice and debating with his parents if he went number one or number two. Wait, you didn't poop? No, Did... I peed. You peed? Mm-hmm. I thought you pooped, too. I did poop. I it's sad, Daddy. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to not laugh. I'm crying. It's I'm funny. It's really funny. You're a funny guy. Did you poop? No, I did poop. I peed. You peed? Yeah. I okay. Did poop. Okay. Will every show in radio play that audio for you today? No. Was it a good decision to play the audio? I don't know. I find it really funny. I don't know why. Uh, their son was doing that voice. And the the best part about kids, by the way, is when they're being silly like that and don't actually know it, they pause for that one second like he does in that audio and looks at his dad like, wait, what's is something bad funny? And his dad, trying as hard as he can not to laugh, goes, no, you're just being funny, son. And then he steers right back into it. 
I think that's the most beautiful thing about kids, the innocence there when they're like, wait, why is this so hilarious? I know this child will end up on Ellen DeGeneres. That will happen. There is going to be a, vi- a interview at some point. Now, I don't know that for sure, but I just know she- her people that book those sort of things would want to have him on and ask him why he was so passionate about making sure his parents understood he did not go number two. He went number one. Um, this is another question for the Craig Collins Show uh, text line. I would like you guys to answer a couple different questions today. I am giving away basketball tickets. You can win tickets to next Wednesday's game, ISU, um, for the basketball game if you tell me one of two things. You can either tell me what the your least favorite holiday item is. About 21% of people hate, um, this is just a pull out there, hate the pumpkin spice latte or anything pumpkin spice. But tell me at 51879, Texas right now, 51879. Sign it with your name, by the way. Tell me your least favorite holiday item or... You can tell me how you'd die in a horror movie if you were cast to be in a horror movie. I have a list here of the top ten re- top ten responses to how people would prefer to go out if they were ever to star or, I guess, be a side character in a horror movie. Before I hit this list, my newsman, Neil, do you have a preferred way of, of being taken out in a horror movie? I, I hate horror movies. Um... I remember that. I so you'd like, to be... to, you'd like to die early if you were ever yeah. cast in one. Oh, like yeah. first death. Yes. Okay. I'd be fine with that. First scene, if you, if you can get me done. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe just as the credits are completing, you know, <laughs> and Neil's already dead. Wow, that was quick. Uh, would you prefer, is there any kind of way you'd want to? Is this a little bit dark uh, of a question to ask? It is Halloween time. I don't know. Yeah, That's, I've stumped him. I've yeah. stumped our newsman. Here, let me give you some of the ideas right, from the list, and maybe you'll pick one of these. Number 10, uh, this is, to me, very intense. I would not want to go out this way, even in a movie. But number 10, people wanted to be buried alive. I guess you get, as an actor, maybe you get a lot to play with there because you get to, like, scream and yell and it's not as as sudden. I don't know. Or, or there's just a lot of dark people in the survey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. See, not not your, not no, a fan of you? I wouldn't pick that one. Now, remember, it's not real death. Right. This is horror fake, movie. imaginary, mm-hmm. horror movie death. There would be an easy way for you to escape once the scene is shot. Number nine, poisoned. People would like, and I think that I can see that. As an actor, too, like if you do the exaggerated, very slow death while sipping poison, like noticing that that you're dying and then maybe the Bugs Bunny version where you pop up six more times before eventually ending the scene. I get get that one. Number eight, people wanted to be drowned. That is intense. Wouldn't want that situation. Number seven, this makes sense. This is a way that I'd want to go if I were in a horror movie. Eaten by a monster animal. Maybe not even completely seen. One of those like an arm swipes from the side and you're gone. Yeah, I, I I would prefer that one. Okay, to any of the other ones so far? Yeah, so far. There's intense people in this mm-hmm. survey. This is Halloween time. Uh, just disappear was number six on the list. No no cause given, no uh, explanation it's given. Yeah. It's, I know, that's sort of a cop-out, yeah. right? Uh, being decapitated, number Ooh. five on the list of the way people would want to go in a horror movie. Not my thing. Although it would be cool to have them make the fake like face right, of me right. and get to like see it before the scene started. Oh, that's me, uh, at least partially. Number four, be in some kind of crazy accident, and that's the way you're taken out. Number three, tripping and falling on something fatal. <laughs> Maybe there's a lot of people who enjoy the humor of that, like a booby trap or something sharp or just you're being an idiot. Uh, number two is the slasher. You want to get taken out that way. And number one is um, an intense version of being strangled. But that's the way that mm. people want to die in a horror movie, not in real life. This is if they were acting. They'd like to you know, be taken out that way. This is celebratory for the season. 
even if it's a bit dark. I wonder if a lot of people just didn't want to take part in the survey. If you were approached in the street and asked a question like this, would you be weary of the person asking it? A little bit. Okay. You'd yeah. run away very, very quickly? Yeah, I just think I would kind of try to maneuver, Wait, maneuver yeah. my way <laughs> out of that situation. Why, why do you want to know that, sir? Yeah. Um, there is a bank, uh, one of the world's most expensive banks, that is in the news right now because it's restricting the amount of water its staff can drink. It wants to limit water in order to cut costs because, well, it is a bank, so they, they're very cognizant of how much money they spend. So they're limiting employees to a certain number of cups every single day. And if you break that rule, you can be reprimanded. Um, I, don't know that, I don't know if that's the right look for, like, a really high-end fancy bank that they can't afford water for the people working there. No, it's, it's not a good look at all. No, it's yeah. not. No. How, how would you feel if that uh, restriction came down here? Uh, I would be shocked. <laughs> but, but, right, I mean, just uh, the fact that the bank is limiting that, it's like, oh, yeah, let me bring me, I'll bring my money to, to right. your bank. And, oh, but well, the, there's the a restriction. Bank, the bank has an evaluation that exceeds $50 billion. And they're like, we don't want to <laughs> throw water at just random people. We I'm wanna... sure some people would love that, though. Some people are like, yeah, look at them. They're doing, they're oh. you know, trying to save save money. Right. Or, but I just, I don't agree. The guy with a whole lot, well, sure, of course, we don't agree, yes, for sure. Um, by the way, I just thought of this, because there is a restriction here in this building. We have a bathroom. I don't know if anyone's ever talked about this. On the first floor, around all of our desks, right next to Newsman Neil, and there is a specific rule that you can only go a certain thing in that bathroom, and that kid, that audio from that kid sort of reminds me, it would be really funny to play that if anyone ever got caught. No! I did a number one! That is what I did. Stop it. Because <laughs> that exists. We have a weird rule in yeah, this it's, building. It's, I mean, it's just a common courtesy, I think, more. But, yeah, it's kind of, I don't want to say unwritten, but, yeah. I mean, it's... it's. But no, I, I understand the value sure, in it. Sure. I don't intend to break the rule deal. That's not why I'm bringing it up. Okay. It's just, it was an odd thing to get during my first week of, like, you know, they would do this and this. And, oh, by the way, if you ever use right. the bathroom upstairs, do not, never. How many parents do you think steal candy, Halloween candy, from their kids? What amount of people and what amount of candy do you think gets taken? Um, because it's a, a lot of people. And I, I guess it's not that surprising, right? I mean, there's so much candy that is given away in the next few days that I don't think it's healthy for your children to eat all of it. So a, a three-quarters, 75% of parents steal at least some candy from their kids every single year, and that includes one in eight parents who take at least half of the candy and eat it half of the candy i guess it depends on how much they have right but but one in eight taking half is a, is a lot i think that's a lot of candy one in four parents take at least 25 percent three out of five take at least 10 percent of the candy uh but that that's another question you can answer by texting in and you'd have a chance to win basketball tickets do you steal candy from kid from your children and the text number five one eight seven nine if you don't have kids answer one of my other questions there's a bunch of questions out there in the text, and I will give someone basketball tickets by the end of the show today. Uh, I thought this story was pretty interesting. It's from Germany. A teenager decided to get a couple friends together and try to break his ex out of juvie to get her back. He was hopeful that this would be the romantic thing she wanted him to do in order to rekindle their relationship. They had broken up, and the man was intercepted on his way to try to make this happen. And that was the excuse he gave authorities. He said, you know what, I just, I really like my, my ex-girlfriend and, you know, things weren't going great. And then she ended up in here and I'd, I'd kind of like to break her out and hopefully that makes her love me again. 
that's a that's a way to go. Like that, honestly, there's some level of dedication for this guy to wanting to do everything he can to get back in this woman's good graces, including springing her from the the you know the prison cell or whatever she's in. Uh, I don't know if that's a good move. I'm not sure that that's romantic. I don't know if he had like a song. Is it going to be like an '80s movie and there's a song planned too? Is there a whole a whole moment to it, or is it just, "Hey, honey, I'm here. Uh, maybe keep dating me." And uh, also, I'm helping you get out of prison. And what if she doesn't like him? Like, would she decline the breaking out if he's successful, if she doesn't want to get back together with the guy? Is there a lot of pressure then to keep dating someone because they broke you out of jail? I don't know. I got a lot of questions. I have no answers. But that is just, to me, an interesting story in Germany that, uh, you know, a teen would try to go that route. Uh, Also, Kelly Clarkson and John Legend are remaking Baby It's Cold Outside to reduce the problematic lyrics. This is a quote within this within the song. Uh, they'll sing things now like, what will my friends think? And John would say, I think they should rejoice. Uh, if I have one more drink, Kelly would ask, and he'll say, "If you're, it's your body, it's your choice. So those are the lyrics of the new song coming out from Kelly Clarkson and John Legend to fix the very popular Baby It's Cold Outside song to make it sound a little less, you know, scary. You're listening to The Great Collins Show on WJBC. I mentioned this a little bit ago. There is a story out of South Carolina. A mayor is accused of getting a guy fired because he was an umpire in a rec league kickball game that the mayor was taking part in. And the mayor got a bad call, in his opinion, during the game, argued with the umpire. And then a few days later, this guy, his name is Michael Locklear, he found himself out of a job. Um <laughs> I don't uh I don't know what to say to that. I, I know that I've seen some pretty intense fights, um, arguing matches I should say. They're not like throwing punches fights at what seem like for fun sporting events. You know, and I don't know if that's what, what gets it out of certain people, if certain people are just way more competitive than other people. But it's interesting to me every so often that like you you have a group of guys maybe go play basketball after after going to work or whatever and one or two people seem to be very passionate about a call or a missed call or a foul or something. And it's not all the time, uh, but certainly. And these people that do this are also the kind of people that you might go and see at a kid's sporting event that cheer very strongly for their chi- kid's team and maybe sometimes get very, very mad if a call goes against their kid or their kid's team. Um, but, yeah, he is accused of... of wanting to or maybe somehow influencing the mayor uh, getting this guy canned uh neil have you and your friends ever had a passionate fight over what should have been sort of a a silly game of some kind now neil's on the phone i think neil's taking some sort of phone call he's uh he's out of it so maybe he's going to get in a fight with somebody on that phone i don't know i don't know what's happening there um but i have i've seen this happen quite a few times like i said uh and it's weird actually because i don't know what the rules are for pickup basketball games with your buddies or, or at the Y. Like, do you call traveling? Is traveling a little bit too far when it comes to the calls that are made? Because at times I've had a friend that wants to call traveling, and anyone he calls it on usually gets at least a little bit mad, sometimes quite a bit mad, because it's it's not the kind of thing that you expect when you're playing a game that, you know, there's no official referee involved. Um, and maybe that's part of it, too, is that the the mayor seemed to know this guy. Obviously, they somehow 
can connect. It doesn't seem to be the kind of thing where this, you know, there's no professional referee at a rec league event. So I don't know. Maybe that's what ups ups the stakes a little bit. But in this case, for whatever reason, uh, that you know, it it turned out a certain way. I've I've had fights last a while too. Actually, there was a a ping pong uh, debate I had had with one of my friends that dovetailed into something completely different. It we were no longer fighting about ping pong. I'm sure, and like it, it lasted a few weeks. And then it's almost awkward to come back and apologize for it, you know? And both of us had to apologize. Neither one of us were more right than the other. I should get him on the phone sometime and have him tell his version of the story. But eventually you have to get back in the same room and be like, hey, man, I'm really sorry that we played ping pong and then, you know, we didn't talk for two weeks. I'm sorry that things went that way. Uh, Can we just go back to, to not having a problem with each other and maybe totally forget about the ping pong incident? Um, Yeah. But that is a thing that happened for whatever reason in South Carolina. And, uh, yeah, it seems to be kind of crazy. Uh, here's another study that I found interesting today. And I am trying to do this. I, I want to give up sugary drinks. I've tried it several times, and I've failed every single time. I've had, like, three sodas here today. So it's not something I'm coming close to being successful in, but there's so many negative impacts of sugary drinks that it seems like something that you should give up. Um, but... There is a study that demonstrates that when you do that, especially teens, give up sugary items and, you know, go on a diet, that you go through real withdrawal symptoms, actual withdrawal symptoms similar to any other kind of uh, addiction that you're trying to kick. This is just based on on having to stop drinking soda or, or energy drinks or whatever it is. In abundance of research, this is me quoting one of the researchers, points to sugary drinks as contributing to a number of chronic diseases Uh, And they said that, you know, for health reasons, it seems to be beneficial to the public to to limit the amount of ones that we consume. But if you're the kind of person who got used to consuming these on a regular basis and you try to kick that habit, things could spiral pretty quickly in in an interesting way. All right. We have more Craig Collins show coming up in just a minute, including talking about John Fogarty and the secret to happiness. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Uh, before I move on to anything else, I do want an answer to that question I asked. Neil, are you on the phone still? Are you still phoning it up? No? Now he's paying attention to something else. I think Neil is, is MIA the entire time here. I think that he has just uh, given up on all the things Craig Collins Show. He wants out. I think he's handing in his resignation letter as we speak right now. Neil, I see you there. You're back on the radio. I'm back. Sorry, I was okay. doing some typing. I was That's listen- fine. I was listening to something Howard sent me. You got I a was, bunch of stuff. I was trying to multitask, but sorry, okay. I, was, I was also trying to pay attention when the break was over, but I just missed it. That's okay. I, I wanted real quick to know if you and your buddies have ever gotten in a fight over something silly. You know, we would usually, like in high school, we would play basketball a lot together, so it was kind of funny when you brought up, like, you know, the why and do you call people on a travel. We would give each other a hard time and we would get into it, but at the end of the day, at the end of whenever, how, you know, we'd play four or five pickup games, yeah, we would be, you know, we would be done. I mean, you'd get some people that would get a little heated and get a little mad at sure. each other or whatever. I mean, we, we were competitive, you know, we have a pretty Did anybody ever call anyone on a travel? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Really? Oh, we got people that Why? will call fouls and stuff. And and if it's you know if it's well, pretty blatant and stuff along yeah. that line, or if you know you travel pretty horrendously and you know okay, we, like we would call it on each other. I mean, not to say we were, we are or we were good basketball sure. players. I mean, but we could play a little bit. I mean, we knew what we were doing. So I I, I get it. I just you know I understand if you mug somebody and you throw an elbow <laughs> right. that you should call that. But, right. But a travel, like you took three steps. Come on, man. I, I mean, it would it would have to, like I said, it have to be pretty blatant. Like, right. I mean, if it was three steps, I'm, I doubt we're calling that. Okay. But 
Well, I got a friend who really likes to pretend he's referee all the time, and that's, uh, yes, I'm talking to you, Dave. I apologize for that, but yes, <laughs> if you're listening, it's you. Um, Americans have ample time to exercise, and yet we choose not to. There is a new study that says that anyone that claims that they just don't have the time to get in a visit to the gym are not telling the truth. This is because Americans choose to spend part of the time with a screen, whatever screen that is, whether it's TV, smartphone, another electronic device, uh, people every single day. And I, I'm not trying to shame anyone here. I'm just reading a study, a survey that said that you have at least enough free time to do 7% of your day spend with doing physical activity, and yet you choose not to. You spend that time, uh, you know, potatoing in front of some sort of screen. That is an interesting study to me. I, I do have friends that make that excuse. Like, I just don't have any time. I wish I could go to the gym, man. I wish I could go. I just, there's no time in the day. And then if you did see them maybe, you know, spending 45 minutes down a YouTube hole, uh, you would wonder yeah. if they really couldn't spend a little bit more time there. But that's that's their decision, I guess. And maybe they need the psychological break. Maybe that's what it is. It's not just that they don't have the time, you know, emotionally or they don't have the time. They need that break, that zenning out for a different reason. Uh, and one other quick thing on the Craig Collins Show, and then i got to take another break. The secret to happiness surprised me. This is the secret to happiness, according to a study out of the U.K. Be a narcissist. I'm not, I'm not telling you that I agree with the finding here, but apparently a paper co-published by two people found that narcissism resulted in much lower symptoms of stress, depression, any other kind of negative things, uh, where uh, the people who were defined as narcissistic in the study showed mental toughness. They seemed to be able to adapt to certain situations better. It resulted in a lower level of a need of psychotherapy um, and additional benefits just for apparently being the kind of person that walks around thinking, I'm, I'm pretty great. The secret to happiness is to be at least mildly a narcissist and maybe just a, a full-on one. Um, I don't know if you've heard that before, too. There is this theory that people who maybe don't have, you know, the the highest IQs in the world might be happier people because they don't worry about as many things. So I wonder if it's this is sort of in that same line of thinking that if you're if you think you're really great, no matter what bad things happen to you, you can kind of roll them off a little bit easier because now I don't care about that bad outcome so much because things are awesome and I'm an amazing person. Uh, but yeah, if you wanted to know the secret to happiness, a a survey has answered it for you. Um, 700 adults were found to be narcissists in this group, and they seem to be the happiest people. So there you go. Secret to happiness? Think a little bit higher of yourself. Maybe that's good advice for all of us. Do you have six friends that you'd love to live in a neighborhood with? Do you have, like, five other people, I guess it would be, in your life that you would love if you could just find a little area and and call it your own, build six houses there, hang out all the time together? Uh, because these guys do. Uh, six childhood friends from Tennessee pooled their money together last year to buy 32 acres of farmland so they could all build individual houses, move in with their collective 17 kids among these six people, and they all just live there in their own community, and they couldn't be more happy about it. They're a group of friends that just decided, you know what, we'd much rather be together than apart, so we'll all find an area we can agree to live in and and build it far away. It's not just that they wanted to live close to each other, but they needed to build like their own little community in order to do this better. Uh, one of the friends is quoted as saying, it had its challenges. You're mixing in six families' interests, six families' concerns, six families' money. 
Uh, we're not trying to be a commune or anything like that, but to create a community where we can romp and play and have the adults have more fun as the kids get to know each other and, and connect together. So it's it obviously was for you know a a good reason that the people wanted to do this, but it is a little interesting that they wanted this farmland to be off the beaten path so it could just be those six families together. Um, so I, I wonder, do you have five friends that you'd like to spend every day with uh, and live in just a community with them? Because certainly this is cool for these guys. I don't know if I could make it every day with just five of my friends together. I feel like sometimes you'd want maybe someone else around, maybe to have reprieve from from those moments where things are not going well with these people. And that happens with families, with anyone. If you spend too much time with the same people all the time, it might eventually turn uh, turn bad. Uh, in other news, John Fogarty is building a house for a veteran uh, with his a check from an aborted Woodstock reunion. Uh, John Fogarty had been asked to play at Woodstock 50, a concert that obviously never happened. He did, however, receive a check for it, so he's decided to repurpose that money and build a house for a veteran. That's an awesome story and an awesome move. It's a shame that Woodstock 50 didn't happen. Um, it was a, a weird attempt, I guess, because I don't think it was sanctioned by the same people, certainly not going to capture the same magic that I'm assuming because I'm only a 30-something-year-old. I don't. I wasn't around for Woodstock, but I'm assuming Woodstock was so special because it was you know, much more than people expected. So trying to recreate that wasn't going to work from the people I know that had been around at that time and maybe even had gone to it. Uh, but it is interesting that John Fogarty is trying to turn something negative into a positive. Uh, real quick, too, Samsung is teasing its brand-new foldable smartphone called the Clamshell. You have a a screen on the front of it, and then it sort of opens like a book and turns into a tablet, and you have that much bigger second screen. It does seem way too big, like some phones are now, to put in your pocket even when it's folded into two, but it is really cool to see, and I wonder if people will buy these things. I wonder if this will be, you know, a very attractive option because it's essentially a tablet and a phone all in one that you can fold in your... We've gotten back to the period where phones fold. Phones folded for a long, long time, then they stopped, and now they're doing it again with awesome, awesome screens. Uh, have you seen the clamshell there, one Neil Doyle? I have not, but I, very weird where we're t- talking about that. Like, I had a dream that my iPhone could do that the other <laughs> night. I don't know why. I don't know where. When did you have this dream? It was several nights ago, okay. so it was very weird. I don't know, and I don't normally remember my dreams, but this was very vivid. I Yeah, my iPhone could basically do what this new Samsung uh, phone can do. I interpret dreams. I don't know if I've told you that. I doubt I have. We just, we're still getting to no, know each other. So what happened in the dream? We only have like 30 seconds. Were you I, I shocked just, it could yeah, fold? Yeah, it just, it did. I All of a sudden I was like at my house in okay. the living room and the phone just okay. was able to fold. Okay. It was very weird. It means you have a deep, deep secret that you're struggling with, Neil, and you need to share it. <laughs>